Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday. Yes, it is Friday in July. And one of the things that we rarely talk about is death, death and dying. And how do we actually want to leave the earth? We have a really interesting guest today. I'm very excited for you to meet Mr. Eric Rooney in a moment to talk about some new ideas and some new ways to be thinking about this. So we, we hope this episode inspires you or gives you some food for thought. And welcome to Mavericks of Senior Living. Please join us right after a quick word from our sponsor. This incredible show made possible by our wonderful sponsors, Assured Senior Living, Love, It's What We Do, and Serenity Engage, where care connects. Now, a brief message from Serenity Engage. Serenity connects aging service providers, older adults, and their loved ones in a single network. Our web, mobile, and smart assistance products power the network that enables real-time HIPAA-compliant communication, collaboration, and education. When we care together, providers increase revenue and lower expenses, older adults receive better care, and family has greater peace of mind. All right. Very excited to welcome Mr. Eric Rooney to our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Catherine. Yeah. So Eric, tell us, uh, because when I spoke with you the first time, I remember that you used to live in the Bay Area, which is known very much for being business oriented. So what are you doing here? And, and what's new in your world? Yeah. So um, yeah, I uh, moved back to Denver uh, from a short stint in the Bay Area in 2015 and launched kind of my philanthropic and entrepreneurial ventures, which are encompassing of everything life death and and living and all of that so while i'm a gardener um, i'm also a death doula it's um, something that you may have heard it's a term that people are starting to use more often um, it's something that i believe everybody is um, as we hold the capacity to love and to witness death but um, i have really found a beautiful space and opportunity to work more intimately with the community uh, around death and dying and so um, from that uh, launch of into this entre entrepreneurial space from the Bay Area in 2015, I've, I've been working for myself and really taking command in what I vision, um, uh, what end of life um, care and companionship and love can look like. That's amazing. And so many questions, but let's start with explain to our audience what a death doula is, because we've all heard the term, but, you know, what really is a death doula? Um, in, in, we can break it down into, you know, um, care in home care, but we can also just look at it just from uh, the basicness of being able to open up the conversation around death, um, and being open to, um, providing space and love to somebody who is going to die. Um, and so that doesn't even mean terminally ill. That means with each other and the community and conversations with each other and um, having that conversation, I believe means uh, you are a death doula, um, all the way down to providing grief support and literal tangible resources to families and the individual transitioning um, so that they're educated and they can choose and have informed consent around what death and dying is going to look like. Um, or can look like in many instances. So a death doula is a lover. Um, it's a companion. It's what cultures have done uh, 
for, for decades, for forever, since humanity was around, since animals and nature was around, um, caring for somebody else, forecasting what pain can maybe look like so you can do the best you can to alleviate that or to open up the conversation so that you can learn, so that empathy can be practiced. So a death doula serves as um, an opportunity to explore, explore that word. So it sounds like families who maybe are surrounding their loved ones at the time of death, which I was fortunate enough to do with my mother, um, not so much my father. He didn't want any of us around when he left this earth, so he waited. Um, sounds like in that scenario, you're considered a death doula. Absolutely. And, and I'm assuming you've had um, conversations with people in your life about what that support looked like for your mother. Is that safe to assume? You know, in a way, in a way, um, not too much, but in a way we did. I think it was not until the moment we had to, because we didn't know any better. We didn't yeah. know. Any I, I mean, even afterwards. Ah, uh, Yes. Because even those storytellings afterwards, even you just sharing with me gives me another little bit of piece of courage in me to do that for someone in my life. I'm like, ah, okay, she can do it. Um, she did it, you know, and, and to me, not only were you a death doula in that space for your mother, but you continue to be one as well. And people say, well, you know, I haven't taken that certification. Um, and you can gently remind yourself that you're born with these free um, tools within you, um, within your intuition, within your ability to express and be love. Um, and so while classes are great and I love continuing education, um, there are no certifications needed to step into that power because it's already within us and it's free. That's beautiful. And I know that people do bring in death doulas, and I don't know if you would hire a death doula. Is that what you would do if you were bringing in someone from the outside? It's a case-by-case -case basis um, for depending on what you're looking for and maybe what your family or lack thereof may be looking for. Um, I've worked with everyone from individuals who didn't have families to individuals who were supported by everyone in their family and in their life. And it was so beautiful. And, um, and, um, I charge for my services um, and there are many reasons and I love the whys. Um, I, I, I taught middle school for many years and I taught my students to ask why and, and be inquisitive and, and, and sit in awe and wonder, but to ask why. And my whys are because for me to hold emotional space and that literal space, um, that energetic transformation for that care necessary um, needs to happen. Now, my care is usually 24 seven. Um, I usually and have many times moved in with a person and I've housed them in, in a private residence. And, um, you know, and so that's why I charge for my services is because I am 24 seven, you know, um, I have a baby monitor set up so that I can keep an eye on, on the people I'm loving on. And, um, and there's also been cases where I've loved on people for no financial energetic exchange. Um, as recently as a few weeks ago, I'm working with an individual in the community who is experiencing houselessness um, and her daughter died and um, they have no resources. And so um, I haven't been charging them. I've housed them. I'm paying for the entire funeral, um, uh, hopefully in collaboration with the community. But um, a death doulas can charge. It's really how you're going to be stepping into that space, I think, is, is what that looks like. But um, for all intents and purposes, I, I've been hired and I've um, also 
been uh, given uh, a lot of my time, if not the same, if not more um, than what I've been hired for. More, actually, I would say. I, I have no doubt. I have. No I, doubt. I wake up thinking about this at night. I'm like, golly, I'm always thinking about this, and how can I improve, and how can I ask that question again, and how can I make sure I reach out to the family? How can I make sure that this is held just like that brand new baby in the clothes? It's cold. Wrap them up. Oh, they're crying. Rock them. Oh, give them a bottle. You know, we do this for babies. And and then I do this for elders. And I do this for not only elders, but also everybody in my community. I do this for my sister and my brothers and um, everybody um, that I share time with. It's amazing. And I, I just hearing you talk about it, I can hear the passion. I have a, a very good friend, and I'm sure this is a common scenario, whose mother is saying that she doesn't want to be in this world anymore. She's kind of done and ready to go, but she won't go. She's sort of afraid to go. And my friend said, do you think I should hire a death doula? Do you think that would help? What would be your advice there? Um, first and foremost, um, it's important to involve, uh, a, a group, a community around this individual. Um, and that, it sounds like it, it is, it exists within her daughter and maybe there's other siblings, maybe there's friends, there's people that should be made aware of how we'll call them, um, Fern, of how Fern should be respected because, Fern just maybe need to be loved, but Fern may also be having these real emotions um, and should be respected as such as bodily autonomy. And we fight for bodily autonomy in our communities. Um, and, and there's a system that needs to be worked through some procedures, we'll call them. Um, who's to say what those are, but I can think of a few in order to make sure Fern um, is clear, cognizant and understanding of these feelings. Um, and so my advice would be this, that a death doula could help. Um, certain death doulas could help. But also spiritual advisors, religious advisors, friends, um, children, grandchildren, nature, um, uh, nutrition. And there's so many different things that can be tapped into and adjusted first or looked at first. Now, um, somebody might say, we've done all of that. Well, great. It sounds like you have some answers around what maybe be some next uh, are some next steps in regarding what this individual's rights are, um, which could include voluntarily stopping eating and drinking to hasten death. Um, however, getting before getting to that point, there are some things that um, should be observed, understood, and discussed so that this person can be respected in the most cognizant, peaceful, and loving way as possible. But I think many death doulas can help. Um, but I also think many death doulas. Um, don't have that experience of being able to educate or guide or offer that ear uh, to an individual and to something just so tender. Um, people say, well, Eric, how did you get involved? Um, source, God, um, whatever anyone wants to call it, right? It's all the same. It's something that drives us and fills us when we are in purpose and in passion, where we feel electric. I feel electric right now. I'm like, I'm talking about what I do. I'm talking about how I show up and it is real. It's real. I hear the words from people. I can share so many testimonies of people in their last few hours with me um, as I've been 
in many situations, the only one with them holding their hands. Um, this week with a, a, a companion of mine, I was singing John Denver, Country Road, Love take it. me home. And um, I'm not a great singer, but you know, it's, it's stepping into that power and just getting curious about if, if my mother or father or loved one is having these thoughts and feelings, like, are we making time to listen and lend that ear? What's, what's going on? Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? And getting down to everything. But um, I think a death doula could help. Um, I have a lot of resources. Um, I know so many beautiful people in the community and so many beautiful men and women and um, folk alike that want to show up and step into uh, just love, just love. Um, And it's tender and it's tender and we all die. And Um, This is whole. This is the whole cycle of we talk about the water cycle in elementary school. You know, we talk about um, all sorts of cycles on this earth, uh, the moon, you know, the calendars. um, And we we forget to include death as a Western culture. And so then it can feel scary. And that's tender. I know many people I love that are scared. um, And there's so many different resources I have and ideas that I have and things that I've had. Um, My goal isn't to change anyone. My goal is to offer opportunities to understand and discover, to ask why, to get curious, to to be exposed to death because it's taken away from us so quickly in life. It happens and then it's gone. And then our loved one is gone and and we we had their celebration of life, but we we wish we could have maybe done that. Um, And we can slow down. And it is our right to be with our loved ones after they transition. Um, and it isn't gross and weird. Um, it's beautiful. And why do we call things like a living room, a living room? It's because we had home funerals and this is what we did. Um, and so let's get back to it. Um, and clearly I can talk about it for a while, but um, I think a death doula would be great in that scenario. Um, of, of course, maybe with some some questions answered ahead of time. And, and I would be happy to serve um, anybody in the community with some questions to maybe figure out which path would be best for their loved one because I believe in autonomy and I believe in safety and peace and comfort um, Mm -hmm. and the law. And the law. I like that. I like that. Uh, And the laws are changing, which is really interesting. Can you share a little bit about what's going on? We're, we're in the state of Colorado. This is not true in every state. What are the laws around this? Yeah. So, um, you know, voluntarily stopping eating and drinking um, is uh, legal in all 50 states. Um, you know, getting down into what uh, hospice care could look like is a different story, which is another discussion. But um, it is your choice to hasten death by being uh, uh, to voluntarily stop eating and drinking and to be kept comfortable and to be loved and be able to be loved upon. Um, and, and that is a a right for people. Um, but as far as ev- um, everything else go, Colorado's a leader in so many different things. Number one is greener burials. And I add that ER because many of these things are um, greener than the alternatives, such as um, a casket burial, traditional um, embalming and things of those sorts, which I believe in choice. And I want to be clear that I believe in choice um, and I will honor and respect anyone's choice. But I do love to educate people on options because I like options, especially when I go out to eat. I like some options. Um, and so when I die, I wanted options. Here in Colorado, we have casket burial, flame cremation, water cremation, um, natural organic reduction, 
and um, just a natural burial, which is being wrapped in a shroud placed into the ground and something completely compostable. Um, and um, so separate from um, our body disposition and that end of life decision that we all get the pleasure of choosing and that autonomy to decide, my choice is I'll be wrapped in a shroud. I got my shroud about six weeks ago from an individual in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, it's 100% organic cotton and I'm going to be dyeing it from flowers in my garden each year um, as this symbol of life, um, of living and, and death and living and death, right? Because fall too is death. It's a death in the garden. It's all of these things too. Um, and so not only is Colorado a supporter of choice in those five options, but also uh, voluntarily stopping eating and drinking and medical aid in dying or dying with dignity. Um, dying with dignity, there's a few policies and procedures that need to be um, checked off in order to make sure that you qualify, and, and which are some of the following. A CTI, which is a Certificate of Terminal Illness. You need to have a Certificate of Terminal Illness that states it's given your current path six months or less, you are expected that you won't be here. Um, you are cognizant of sound mind and sound brain. Um, um, you know, you have you have to meet with um, some physicians. You have to uh, write a, a handwritten um, testimony, which is a document, a pre a pre uh, written document. You just have to fill it out with some witnesses. Um, and it's always best to have somebody in your life that supports you. However, um, people like me and death doulas alike can support people when family doesn't, because I've had that scenario as well. But Colorado, um, it is legal here. Um, you also have to be a resident, a Colorado resident, and you have the 15-day waiting period from the time you submit your request. And then you have your first meeting with a physician, a second meeting with another physician, and you have to wait 15 days. Um, which many people find themselves in a pickle sometimes. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're sometimes on heavy medications at that time, and sometimes they're, they're, they're not waking up to uh, have that, that meeting on the 15th day with their physician. Um, but Colorado is uh, really beautiful because it's choice, and I just want to remind anyone and everyone that I respect and honor choice. Um, and I believe informed consent can happen when we can share in any situation, any private residence, uh, care facility, uh, assisted living facility, hospice facility, um, any of these homes and care spaces to educate no matter religious or spiritual beliefs, choice, because the law states that informed consent must happen with all of these opportunities and paths forward um, in, in this medicinal space and being able to take advantage of the laws of medical aid and dying and stuff like that um, and making sure that we can get ahead of time to document these things. But go Colorado. Um, I can talk about it. Um, but to answer the questions, we're one of, it's constantly changing, like you said. Um, I can't even, I think we're at 50, a little over 50% of the states now uh, allow water cremation. Um, right. And then as far as human compost and natural organic reduction, I think we're still in the teens for that. Um, uh, maybe just into the 20s. Um, and then same as um, dying with dignity or medical aid in dying, as we call it. Um, okay. Interesting. And it, it, it has been interesting. I'm also a Colorado native and love living here for that reason that, that we are on the forefront of so many things. Um, so tell us, uh, tell our audience about Regeneration Earth. What is that and what are you doing there? 
Regeneration Earth, um, first of all, the word came from regeneration, like to come from something else, right? We regenerate. And in this case, you know, we grow in the soil and we storytell, um, which is so important to me and my and, and, and legacies, I believe, of cultures that um, I got to thinking that everyone's using this word regenerative farming um, or regenerative agriculture, but they're leaving out death and dying. And it doesn't mean they need to grow with human compost or water cremation or even the ashes, which we can do and which I do do. Um, but what we're talking about is our ancestors and everything that came before us and the soils and the lands that we come on are our ancestors. And so when we do this ancestral work or we do this storytelling or we do this sharing around our lineage. Um, and I found out just a few months ago that my great grandfather was a cemetery keeper in Ohio. Um, and I'm a modern day cemetery keeper working with human compost and water cremation at my farm. And I didn't even know that. Um, but when we talk about our lines and we talk about roots, we talk about what's going to keep us stable in the storms of life. It's getting back to what matters. And that's understanding that life is regenerative. And so regeneration earth is um, end of life companionship, death education and community programming. We sponsor all sorts of folks um, in understanding and being able to understand maybe what their life path will look like for caring for the terminally ill. Um, and we're also on the leading edge of, of what we believe is a lot of new opportunities to work with the death and dying, um, such as plant medicines. Um, we've had the privilege in the past few weeks to become integrated uh, with a lot of uh, Western style uh, healers as well as other modalities of healing. Um, and we're really a part of a lot of a really cool understandings and studies, John Hopkins and Yale, um, and understanding what we can offer folks who have a terminal diagnosis, or maybe it's not even a terminal diagnosis. Maybe it's just some, some, some hump in the road, an illness of sorts, um, where they can work with plant medicines. And so Regeneration Earth um, is a nonprofit that wants to support that. Our focus is the community, and the focus is implementing death education across every age level, from birth to death. Um, and I believe that in this country where uh, we will have mass shootings in schools and children will be killed in schools, that is important to equip them with the emotional tool set to understand death and dying rather than to only put it in certain places in our communities, especially when it comes to elder care and end of life care. Death is a part of the community just as much as it is at the, the um, hospitals at the, uh, the birthing centers um, or, or midwiferies. I know there's a few um, along here in the front range. And so Regeneration Earth supports that. Um, we have the ability to meet anybody where they're at in any state that they're at. We work here in Colorado right now. Um, and we have, um, today is July 7th, the seventh month, the seventh day. Um, it is a very special day today. Um, and I won't go on why, but there's some very exciting things happen happening with Regeneration Earth and um, Regeneration Earth's uh, family members, we'll call them, um, that will just only open up the door for autonomy around end-of-life care, um, family members around end-of-life care, and individuals uh, around the world that are looking to understand what this can and what the future should look like 
when loving on each other in this space. So Regeneration Earth is just that. It's regenerating the earth. We are a part of nature. Um, we are part of the trees. We are part of the, the songs and the winds and the birds' songs um, and, and these, these, these wet uh, times we've been having, it's just like everything is alive here in Colorado and life is, is happening. It and is. so Regeneration mm -hmm. Earth is that, it's that whole thing. It's whole. That's beautiful. And, and now I'm very curious, very, very curious to hear more, which we will learn about. So it's a great teaser for your keynote presentation at Collaboration and Aging that is coming up September 27th and 28th in Denver, Colorado, at the Colorado Convention Center. For our audience who is not already registered, go to collaborationandaging.com, get yourself registered. Not only will you hear from Eric, and, and by then, Eric, will we get to know what's going on? Um, by then, you absolutely will. Okay. And I will say I dress up very nicely. Um, I've been gardening all morning, and I'm currently sitting it. in my sitting in my backyard, although it looks like a living room. It does. Um, and it does. so I'm, I'm just excited from a professional standpoint to educate anybody on uh, what I've been doing for the past three years in end of life care um, and community care. Um, and so, yes, you will hear so much more about that because by September, um, all I'll say is, as this teaser is, we should be open. Excellent. Um. <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear. I know our audience is excited about it. And I'm very much looking forward to your presentation at National Collaboration in Aging. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're going to get back to gardening now and enjoying the beautiful weather that we're having in Denver today. Thank you, Catherine. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, and have any questions, reach out. Sounds great. And in our show notes, we will have the links to Eric's two different websites. And um, please, if you have not registered for Collaboration in Aging, please do so so you can come hear Eric's exciting news, but also get educated on what some options are that either you can be helping people in your care with or in your own life. So thank you so much, Eric. And we look forward to seeing you in September. Thank you.